Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Pirelli tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the best of Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. Appreciate all of you spending your Friday morning with us. And we begin with the return of the NFL Week 8. Tough game if you were expecting a lot of fireworks or a lot of excitement. I felt as if this was a workmanlike drubbing that the essentially the Vikings delivered without a lot of drama associated with it. When you actually jump into what happened in this game and get inside the numbers in the box score. And by the way, if you went to bed and you didn't stay up, the, the Vikings went out one by 10. Uh, they took a knee effectively at the five-yard line going in where they could have scored potentially to be up 17 in this game. But it was a pretty thorough drubbing. I never really had the sense of, oh, I feel like the Redskins are going to be able to win because – As I told you yesterday, I didn't really have the belief that the Redskins were going to be able to score in double digits. So we were talking about on Lock It In yesterday. Regardless of what you thought here, if the Vikings just kind of kept the car inside of the lanes, they were going to win. And ultimately, the overall total yardage was even worse than the score might have indicated. 
Uh, the Vikings went out, put up 434. The Redskins only put up 216 in terms of total yardage. Uh, and uh, and it was just a pretty thorough beatdown. And now, to me, the question becomes, there's a couple of different facets to break down about this game. Uh, the first thing that I would break down is, where do the Vikings go from here? How good are the Vikings now that they have won four games in a row, essentially since Kirk Cousins was forced to apologize to Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs had his little uh, little temper tantrum, everything has been rolling for the Vikings. It's not just that they are winning. It's that they have won four straight games by double digits. So that they haven't really been questioned. Now, you can say, okay, well, they beat the Giants. They beat the Eagles. They beat the Lions. And now they've beaten the Redskins. Have they really stepped up in class? We'll see what happens next week. The Vikings go on the road against uh, the Chiefs. We still don't know what the Patrick Mahomes situation will be there. So the Vikings could be getting a beneficial lineup there. And then they go on the road against the Cowboys. So we'll get a better sense for exactly how good the Vikings are uh, in those two games. But at the halfway point, I think you have to be pretty ecstatic that you are sitting where you are as potentially a team that could could contend overall for uh, one of the top seeds in the NFC playoffs. In fact, if you sit around right now and think about who the best teams are in the NFC, I think this, the Saints are the best team in the NFC. All right, the six, uh, the six and one New Orleans Saints with Drew Brees coming back. I believe, based on what we've seen, Teddy Bridgewater five straight wins defensively. How good the Saints are! I think the Saints are the best team in the entirety of the NFC. I would probably put right now the 49ers nervously in as the second best team. The reason why I say nervously is. Jimmy Garoppolo really hasn't played that well for this team to be 6-0. and Then I would go with the Packers as the third best team in the NFC, and I believe I would slot in right now the Minnesota Vikings as the fourth best team. Now, obviously, the challenge for the Vikings is you got to figure out how, uh, how to catch the Green Bay Packers, and we'll see exactly how good the Packers are with Brett Favre starting to round into his own. But those are the four best teams, in my mind, right now at this exact moment in the NFC. And the Vikings have an argument that they could find themselves into the mix as one of the best teams in the NFC from purposes of seeding going forward. The question I think you have now with the Redskins is maybe a little bit more intriguing. You've got one win all season. You have scored, I believe it's a total of 34 points in your last five games as a team. This defense is not awful, but listen to these point totals in uh, the regular season in the last five weeks. Three, seven, 17, but it was against the Dolphins, zero and nine. You haven't had a double-digit week as a team since mid-September that's not ideal and your young quarterback is not performing at a very high level whenever he's getting thrown into games and that should be a little bit intimidating I think more so than anything else in fact Dwayne Haskins yes he only came in and attempted 
five passes, but he didn't look comfortable. He threw an interception. He's been inaccurate. He's been really pretty bad. Now, there are lots of guys who are really pretty bad in their first season, but the question that I think is going to loom for the Redskins, as they make a decision about who is going to be the next head coach of the Redskins, is it possible, given how high their pick is going to be, and barring something crazy happening in the second half of the season, it's hard to believe that the Redskins are not going to have one of the three top picks in uh, the NFL draft. Depending on who you bring in as your head coach, are we potentially looking at a Josh Rosen-like situation for the Washington Redskins? Could the Redskins, with a brand-new coach, make the decision, we don't want to stick with Dwayne Haskins, we're going to trade him, just like what happened with the Arizona Cardinals and Josh Rosen when they hired Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray was available and Kingsbury said, hey, if you want me, this is the guy who needs to be running my offense. And I think if you're an Arizona Cardinals fan right now, you have to be fairly happy with the result. Now, if you're Josh Rosen, he got shipped down to the Miami Dolphins. Who knows whether he's even going to be there In year three in the NFL, he may be on his third different team. All of those are good questions, I think, that are hanging out there about the Redskins. What if you've got a guy who's in love with Justin Herbert? What if you've got a guy who's in love with Tua? And let's assume that maybe the Dolphins aren't necessarily tanking for Tua as much as they're just tanking for their top choice at quarterback. What if, like me... You've watched Joe Burrow play, and you think, my God, Joe Burrow looks like an incredible NFL quarterback with his ability to read defenses and the way he climbs in the pocket and the way he stands in there and delivers the ball down the field. There are a lot of different guys out there, and that's just three of them at the very top of the draft who could be incredibly attractive as draft picks at quarterback. So, Are you committed long-term to Dwayne Haskins? I think if you're the Redskins at this point, and knowing what Dan Snyder has done in the past, everything has to be in question and up for grabs in these scenarios as they go forward. But the big takeaway is the Redskins effectively have already turned the page on next season. At least Washington has got the Nationals who were on fire. They had the Caps who won a couple of years ago. So a generation of futility under Daniel Snyder is at least hopefully being washed away potentially with a World Series run as we get ready for Game 3 tonight. But in the meantime, the Vikings, I believe, came out and established themselves as one of the best teams in the NFC. The NFC is wide open. In the AFC, we feel like it's the Patriots and everybody else. In the NFC, I can make you a strong argument that the Vikings maybe, possibly, deserve to be contemplated as legitimate Super Bowl uh, contenders. Let me bring in the crew and see what their takeaway was from last night's show, uh, if anything, uh, on Thursday Night Football. Danny G, did we learn anything we didn't already know from last night's game? No, I don't think so. I think you nailed it with what's going on with Dwayne Haskins. I can't help but think back to the NFL draft where he said, I'm going to make teams pay for passing up on me. Yeah. And instead, he's in a horrible position with one of the worst teams, 
with a coaching staff in flux, you can't help but kind of feel for him because he may be the next Rosen. Your point's taken on that. But I think Dalvin Cook, again, showed why he is one of the top running backs in all of football. And it was kind of cool to see he and Adrian Peterson talking in the middle at the 50-yard line right after the game was over. That was cool because Cook grew up idolizing Peterson. And Peterson actually averaged more yards per carry in the game. It was nice to see him running with authority, even with that ankle sprain. But Cook, yeah, he stole the show. What was it, 170 yards of total offense? Of course, I'm following him closely because he's my starting running back in fantasy football. But this is the reason I chose the Vikings to rep the NFC in the Super Bowl. If Cousins is on and Dalvin Cook is running the ball like that, we already know all about the Vikings' defense Uh, And that was a hard situation for Haskins to be thrown in there in the second half against that defense. I think that they still could come out and represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. Do you have any confidence in Cousins being consistent enough to get them deep into the playoffs? That's the question, I think. I mean, he's been phenomenal the last four games. And if you go back and look at the games that they lost – they went on the road in the division. I, I'm not even bothered necessarily by the way they lost to the Packers. The interception that Cousins threw in the end zone was awful in that game. Uh, but the game against the Bears where the, the offense just fell apart, and we've now seen the Bears kind of be revealed uh, and exposed, I would say, on some level. That's the worst game that the Vikings have played so far this year. Uh, again, going on the road in Lambeau and losing because your quarterback makes a bad decision. Uh, you got down early in that game and just couldn't fight your way back. That's not an indefensible loss by any means. Uh, losing uh, and only scoring six points against the Bears at Soldier Field, that feels like the one that most Viking fans would point to and say, and certainly it's the one that blew up uh, for for short term the locker room with Adam Thielen and with Stephon Diggs. If Thielen can come back healthy, if Cook can run like he is, if Kyle Rudolph can continue to make plays, and if their young tight end, Irv Smith, uh, can as well. I mean, that's an explosive offense. And so I could make a strong argument for you that the Vikings are as good as any team in the NFC. And I think, like I said, right now I'd put them fourth in the NFC, but that's a that's a pretty solid place to be, and uh, I don't see any reason why they couldn't uh, elevate themselves down the stretch run of this season in the second half and end up contending for a bye if they can catch the Packers and uh, and make it a run in the NFC uh, North. What about you, Dub? Anything that we learned from last night's game? I'm not necessarily sure we learned anything, but I think you're absolutely right. I think this Vikings team, you I mean you look at their roster top to bottom, they might have the best roster in the entire National Football League, top to bottom. Offensively, their defensive line is stacked. And on the other side, Dwayne Haskins, I mean, he comes in for the entire second half. They're down. I'm assuming they're trying they to win the game. literally can't do anything. He only attempts five passes. Yeah. So, I mean, that kind of just tells you everything you need to know about how this coaching staff views him and him back there making passes to try to win this game. They didn't even really call any pass plays. So, I'm with you. I think it's At this point, it's hard to believe that – he's going to be sticking around, especially if they have a top three pick in next year's draft. I mean, I haven't heard anybody else even talk about this, but I think the genie is out of the bottle with what the Cardinals did last year with Josh Rosen. We had never seen somebody draft a quarterback in the first round one year and then trade that quarterback the next year and go draft another quarterback. 
But to me, you set the precedent that if you are bringing in an offensive head coach and the importance of the quarterback position in general, is anybody who's taken over the Redskins team going to want to have Case Keenum, Colt McCoy, certainly Alex Smith is, I'm not sure he ever plays football again after that that dreadful uh, knee injury, but none of those three guys. And are they really going to say, hey, yes, I'll accept this job. I want my future tethered to whether or not Dwayne Haskins, who was the draft pick of the previous regime, is going to be your starter. I, I just, I wouldn't take that job with that, with that, uh, with those handcuffs on. Hey, here you go. Here's the Redskins job. You have to make it work with Case Keenum, Colt McCoy, or Dwayne Haskins. I'm saying no. I want it all. I want it clean deck. I want everybody off this uh, this quarterback roster, and I want to be able to go back in and uh, and go draft my own quarterback. And, and or maybe there's somebody in the free agent market. Maybe you're sitting around saying, "Hey, Jameis Winston, uh, Marcus Mariota, I don't Eli Manning, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick for one year." You might like any of those guys more so than you like your options right here. So, uh, to me, that's a, a very viable question that has to be asked. Uh, Brian Finley, what it? Ralph Irvin, sorry, Ralph Irvin, what did you learn? That uh, Kirk Cousins can play in prime time and not make a mistake to cost the team the game, which seems like a small, uh, insignificant thing, but it would have taken one or two mistakes in this game that Minnesota could have lost it, and he didn't make any mistakes. He only missed on three passes all night. Yeah, he was phenomenal. 23 of 26, I believe, overall uh, for Kirk Cousins on the night. Roberto, did you learn anything? Um, not really, because the Redskins, we knew the Redskins suck, and the Vikings are a Super Bowl contender. They are stacked. The roster is stacked, but when, but when it comes down to the quarterback, are you gonna are you gonna trust Cousins in playoff time over somebody like Rodgers or somebody like Drew Brees? I I wouldn't. I would take Brees or Rodgers. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the challenge in the NFC. But you could ask the same question about Jimmy Garoppolo, who's up at the top of uh, of the uh, of the roster as well. Good discussion. Interesting game intriguing future for both teams obviously going in very different directions be sure to catch live editions of outkick the coverage with clay travis weekdays at 6 a.m eastern 3 a.m pacific on fox sports radio and the iHeartRadio app hey it's jonas knox you've put it off long enough it's time to replace your tires tire rack has tires that will elevate your drive touring tires for commuter comfort performance tires for sporty handling all-terrain tires for on and off-road adventure go to tirerack.com to get started not sure where to begin use the tire decision guide to get a personalized tire recommendation the right tires for how what and where you drive choose from the full line of michelin tires shipped fast and free to a recommended install near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their michelin test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen. I'm just glad I was there. Boys and girls. I thought he thought I was like this ginormous piece of chicken. Dying times here. I had a bullet and stricter stuck to my face. And you have a what? This is Animal Thunderdome. All right, what you got for me? Let's start with a hunter in Arkansas who was killed by a deer that he thought he'd shot and killed. Thomas Alexander. Plot twist. Yeah, tough break. For Thomas Alexander, 66, he was an experienced hunter, according to Keith Stevens, uh, chief of communications of the Arkansas Game and Fish Commission. He says that Alexander was planted in an elevated deer stand last Tuesday night when he believed he'd successfully shot a deer, but apparently he went to check on his quote-unquote kill, but the deer was not dead. Uh, Why can you not pronounce the word deer? Deer, deer. Yeah, I don't know. You, I, I was hitting saying? the word like, too hard, deer. Yeah, deer. That's, <laughs> like, not, that's not a tough deer. word. I don't know. My mom's from Massachusetts, so some words get screwed up. Yeah. That's... <laughs> so check this out. He set, he set his gun down to go check on, on the deer because he thought it was dead. When he walks up on it, well, that's when Stevens told ABC News that whatever happened, happened because Alexander was found with tons of puncture wounds. So the deer had, uh, with his antlers, just went ham on him. Yeah. And he was hunting alone. He was able to contact his family before he passed. Oh. But Stevens told ABC News that uh, officials still have not found the deer. They're searching for it. 
my question is, why are they searching for the deer? I mean, the guy, it's the hunter's fault, right? Well, so, I, I mean, probably because they just think the deer, if if he thought that he shot the deer, he thought the deer was going to be dead, right? He gets down there. Was the deer playing possum, so to speak? Yeah. And then the deer just rose up and oh. took him out? I mean, that's a tough oh, break. Oh, man. So if you are a hunter listening, never walk up on what you thought you killed without your rifle. Yeah, it's like if there is a killer in a Hollywood horror movie, right? I mean, it's it's a scary movie season right now. Always put an extra bullet in the dead body, yep. right? Like, I, like, oh, you think you got him with just that one shot? You never just got him with the one shot. They always get back up. So I don't understand why you don't just stand over the person and just keep going. Like, make sure you got enough bullets in there. They're not standing back up. I mean, if you're in the deer, uh, in the tree stand, what's the worst case scenario about shooting the deer again? Yeah. Right? I mean, is it that bad of a deal? If you hit the deer, are you worried about spoiling the venison? I think you go ahead and put another bullet in. All right, what else we got? Let's go to Moscow. Have you ever been to a circus before, Clay? Yes. And I course, don't think they have circuses anymore. Haven't they ended them? Well, not in Russia. They and still have to Russian. I'm sure a Russian circus. That's a that's a place where there's a, a lot of uh, good stuff going on. They still have circuses here? I don't think so. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I haven't seen one in a I think the, the Ringling Brothers Barnum and Bailey Circus, which was the most, uh, I'm pretty sure the circus shut down. I took my youngest kid to the circus when he was like three years old. They they came to uh, to Nashville. But I don't think the circus still, I don't think the circus exists. Circus Vargas was here in uh, Burbank, California about five, six months ago. Circus Vargas? Yep. Oh, I don't know that one. Huh. But I, I'm pretty sure, somebody look up and make sure. I, I'm pretty sure the Barnum and Bailey, which was the, or the Ringling Brothers, that was the like most famous circus for like 130 or 40 years. I'm pretty sure they shut down. Well, there's this video that's gone viral. This guy escaped serious injury, his handler. The 666-pound brown bear jumped on him during the performance, and children, parents were seated just yards away screaming in horror. The video's pretty crazy. Hold on. Yeah. I haven't seen the video, but... Why would you like? There's no barrier between the 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 circus and the kids. No, that seems like a flaw. <laughs> Just by, toss by it the way, out there. The circus blames the spectators. They say that the bear was provoked because flashes were going off from cameras and cell phones. Well, that might be true, but I would blame the circus for not having any sort of uh, barrier. And also, if you're a parent and you sit down and you can reach out and touch a bear during a circus, maybe not a good decision to take your kids there. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Last night, did we learn anything? Probably not much, honestly, uh, in the Vikings game against uh, the Redskins. The Vikings now one of the four best teams in the NFC. If you just look at the standings, they're obviously chasing Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay Packers in the NFC North. But right now, uh, we will see what happens with them. Kirk Cousins continues his strong play, was nearly flawless night last night, did not throw for any touchdowns. But really, the goal was don't give this game away. He was 23 for 26, did not have Adam Thielen. But you never really felt like the Vikings were in significant danger here, particularly once... Dwayne Haskins had to come in, and this team was totally incapable, the Redskins, of doing anything to really threaten the Vikings. Now, 
I would say that the big picture issues here going forward for the Redskins as they try and determine who their next head coach is going to be is, is Dwayne Haskins going to be the guy on this team? Remember years and years ago now when Kirk Cousins was playing for the Washington Redskins, the Kirk Cousins experience began when RG3 was the number two overall pick after Andrew Luck, and then Kirk Cousins was a fourth-round pick in the same draft. And Cousins ends up winning that job. He's the guy who's going to go on to make hundreds of millions of dollars uh, at quarterback, and he may end up being a guy who eventually has some postseason success. We'll have to wait and see. But the Redskins had two quarterbacks, and they ended up going with the one who was less heralded, and he was the better option, even though that was a big controversy for a long time in D.C. Now I wonder whether the Redskins are going to have an interesting precedent to follow with what's going on out in Arizona. Cliff Kingsbury comes in. They send Josh Rosen uh, to the Miami Dolphins in the process. Go ahead and get their guy in Kyler Murray to replace him. Could we have a similar situation taking place in D.C. where Dwayne Haskins, frankly, is not ready? And if you were the head coach of the Washington Redskins and they came to you and they said, we're offering you this job, you're the presumptive head coach of the Washington Redskins, but we're insisting that you stick with all three quarterbacks plus Alex Smith, who is maybe never going to play football again. But if they said, we're insisting that you stick with Case Keenum, Colt McCoy and Dwayne Haskins, one of those guys has to be your starting quarterback or you can mix and match them for the entirety of your first year in Washington. Would you take that job? I wouldn't. If I'm going to take a job with Daniel Snyder with the pressure situation that exists in D.C. in terms of the amount of attention this team gets, if I'm going to take a job in the NFC East where Dak Prescott and Carson Wentz are both young quarterbacks who've won at a pretty high level. And it appears Daniel Jones is showing flashes of being pretty solid for the Giants. If you're telling me that I have to come in and take over the Washington Redskins and try and win with Case Keenum, Colt McCoy, or Dwayne Haskins, I'm saying no way. So I think, put a pin in this discussion, I haven't heard it debated very much, but based on what we've continued to see from Dwayne Haskins, He's now halfway through the season. He's attempted 22 passes. Four of them have gone for interceptions. He is not ready to be a quarterback in this league right now. Doesn't mean he's not ever going to be ready, but definitely makes you wonder if you're the coach who might come in to take over for the Redskins, why would I risk my beginning of my future as a head coach and be tethered to Dwayne Haskins, particularly if it seems pretty likely that the Redskins at minimum are going to have a top three pick. Now, maybe the Dolphins are going to go get somebody at quarterback. Maybe the Bengals are as well. Both of those teams still winless. Then you've got the Washington Redskins, whose only win is by one point over the winless Miami Dolphins. You're at the halfway point of the season. You are 1-7 in seven as a member of the Washington Redskins. What are they going to do? It's hard for me to believe they will draft someone other than a quarterback given how high they are going to be in this draft and given how many good options it appears there will be at the top of the draft. That is a story worth paying attention to. It's really the only story worth paying attention to for the Washington Redskins in right now what has been a disastrous 2019 campaign. Meanwhile, on the flip side, 
How good are the Minnesota Vikings? Well, they're one of the four best teams in the NFC. They are a legitimate contender to make the Super Bowl with how things have broken so far for them, in particular, how things have gone the last four weeks. Now, next two weeks, we'll learn a little bit more about the Minnesota Vikings. They go on the road against the Chiefs. Whether or not Patrick Mahomes will be playing there obviously has a lot to do with how good uh, they will look in that game. And then uh, you get ready for what I think will be a uh, an interesting challenge for the uh, Vikings as they go on the road yet again and get prepared for a tough game, in theory, a tough game anyway, against, uh, against the Cowboys. Um, that, to me, is a pretty awesome Sunday night football game. That is two weeks from Sunday. So, that is where we're headed if you are a Minnesota Vikings fan. Uh, as we roll into the second half of the season and the Vikings have put themselves into a position to be a legitimate Super Bowl contender. So I asked you guys, and 5,000 of you have voted in the first uh, 40 minutes or so here, who's the best team in the NFC? The 49ers, the Saints, the Packers, or the Vikings? Those are the top four teams right now uh, if you were looking at the seeding in the playoffs. If the playoffs were ending at this exact moment, those would be your top four seeds. The Saints are running away with this contest. 53% of the vote right now uh, pouring in on the New Orleans Saints who have won five straight games with Teddy Bridgewater. Packers are next up on the list according to the OutKick universe out there voting. 23% of you saying the Packers and uh, 19% of you going with the 49ers. Just 5% of voters going with the Vikings. Uh, let's go around the horn here quickly. I'll bring in the crew, and then we'll get some uh, Animal Thunderdome to finish off uh, this hour because I think, I mean, sorry, the uh, opening segment here. Danny G, who's the best team in the NFC? The Saints. No doubt. Yeah. That's your opinion. Yep. All right. Uh, Dub, are you also rolling with the Saints? I'm going to have to go with the 49ers. I think that defense is something special, and I agree with you that Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't been impressive, but – there's still time for him to figure things out, so I'm going to roll with the 49ers. Uh, what about you, Ralph Irvin? Who would you go with? I'll go with the Saints, but it's really tight. I really like that 49er D. Uh, Roberto, who are you rolling with? I'm going with the Saints because I don't know if Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo is going to figure it out because he hasn't proven it yet. So He's been very average, Jimmy yep. Garoppolo, but that defense is so impressive. So you can go vote in that at Clay Travis. You can find me on Twitter. Uh, cast your vote. Uh, West Coast waking up right now early. A lot of you, some on the West Coast waking up. Uh, you can go vote for uh, the 49ers right now, the Saints running away with that contest. All right, Danny G, back to you. Let's see if you can pronounce the other animals' <laughs> names in the Animal Thunderdome this week. A Chinese farmer shared video of something that would scare you half to death, Clay. A two-headed snake. Yeah, I, I again, oh. I mean, I'm a snakeist. <laughs> I want all snakes dead. So two-headed snakes, twice the trouble. <laughs> this farmer in Shenzhou said he found this snake with two heads slithering around his yard. He captured it so he could show his family and neighbors. Uh, uh-huh. I don't hear a lot about snakes in China. That's a good point. I mean, right? I mean, do they not have very many poisonous snakes in China? I don't know. We hear all up. the time about cobras in India and obviously in Africa and Australia and all these other parts of the world. Uh, by the way, is Danny G still alive? Do we? Know, I mean, sorry, is Eddie Garcia still alive? He's still alive. He and his wife are in Chicago right now. Chicago? Yeah. They're already back? Yeah, well, they came back to the States. 
the second half of their vacation, they wanted to spend time in Chicago. What? What? Wait. Hold, he's going what? to go to the, he's going to yeah. the Charger Bears game and he's going to the hockey game. He told us he was going to Australia for two weeks <laughs> and now he's in Chicago? Well, he did go. With, obviously, they were in Australia. He checked in last week, but they left the Great Barrier Reef and then they came back to the States so that they can spend a few days in Chi-Town. What? That's, that's a, a logical decision. You would have just stayed there the whole time. Huh? I mean, you flew all the way to Australia, and then you come back to Chicago. I mean, was Boise not on the on the? I mean, like, look, I'm not <laughs> trying to take a shot at Chicago, but if you told people, "Hey, you're going to get to take the trip of a lifetime. You're going to go to Australia, but we're going to make sure that you get an opportunity to spend three days in Chicago too." Even people who are born and bred huge Chicago, you know, for life people would be like, why in the world would you leave Australia to go to Chicago? It's like me going to, like, you're like, Clay, you're taking two weeks. You're going to get to go wherever you want to go in the world. And be like, all right, I'm going to go on an African safari. All right, where are you going to go? But I'm going to cut the African safari short so I can go to Jacksonville. Nothing against Jacksonville, but you'd be like, why, why would you fly back from Africa and go to Jacksonville? This is a nonsensical decision. And also, by the way, the Chargers stink. So why would you want to go watch them in Chicago? When his, comes wife, back, his wife is such a diehard Chargers fan, win or lose. So that's probably why. Yeah, this is a bad decision. We need to get her on. You cut short <laughs> a trip to Australia so you could go to Chicago to watch the Bears and the Chargers game? I mean, even if I had a son on the on the Bears or the Chargers. I don't think I would cut short my trip uh, to Australia to come back and watch that game. For the final Thunderdome story, let's go to India. And by the way, am I the dub? Am I the only one that thinks this is a ridiculous decision? I mean, look, I certainly wouldn't be going to Dallas uh, to cap off. Right, a I'm just pick, like, to I'm not picking Australia. anywhere <laughs> in the United States to go visit. But if you're at the Great Barrier Reef. And then you're like, okay, well, where are we going to go from here? Well, we're going to go to, like, what's the most famous, the Sears Tower, whatever it's called now, the Willis Tower? We're going to go stand in a tall building in the middle of the Midwest. Like, there's kind of a big disconnect there to me. Yeah, I mean, I was just quiet because I'm not going to judge anybody else's travels. I I think I'm being adventurous when I get out to the Glendale Galleria, so. Yeah, right, you don't go anywhere. But that's <laughs> no, I'm different. like you, I'm stuck with the show. We don't get to travel outside of the country. Yeah, well, first of all, it's one thing to say, hey, I'm taking off in the middle of football season to go to Australia for my 50th birthday. It's another thing to say, oh, I'm taking off the show in the middle of football season so I can go to Chicago. That's just unhealthy. Oh, I was, you know, I was thinking I was in Scotland, and then I was like, you know what? I got to come back and make sure I'm in Topeka. You know, like, you take the trip of your life, wherever it is. I was standing on the Great Wall of China, and then I was like, you know what? I got to make sure I'm back in Bismarck for three days to cap off the vacation. Maybe there's not much to do in Australia. Well, no, that is not the answer, all right? Bad, bad spin zone there, Roberto. You're on the trip of a lifetime. Eddie's turned 50 years old. And you already live in L.A. It's not like you live in the middle of nowhere. Like, you know what it's like to be in a big city, right? I mean, I understand some people are like, hey, I live in the the Great Plains of Nebraska. Like, there's nothing for us to do at all. So, like, going to a big city 
is a big part of a vacation. Totally understand that. But you already live in a bigger and better city, in my opinion. No shot at Chicago, but I would rather live in L.A. than Chicago. I'm not a winter guy, not a cold weather guy. Chicago's great, not a Midwest guy. My wife's from the Midwest, but I don't want to live in cold weather. So I would infinitely rather live in L.A. But you already live in a major metropolitan city in the United States. Is it really going to be that much different in Chicago? No, is the answer. All right, what's the last? I'm just, <laughs> man, I'm fired up. Know, this man. is you, such a bad decision. You sound like a guy you who was robbed during a push-up bet. 17 hours to <laughs> Australia. You're already in that country, and you decide to spend less time in the country that you'll probably never go to for the rest of your life so you can go watch. I don't, I don't even know what you would do in Chicago in October. Go watch a game that nobody cares about. Even Bear fans don't care about this game against the Chargers. They're Ma- done with Mitch Trubisky. They're ready to move on. Maybe they love pizza. Even if you love pizza, <laughs> it's not any different. And I guarantee you in L.A., you could probably uh-uh. find 50 deep dish pizza places from people who left Chicago to live in L.A. because it's a better city because there's no winter. I'm fired up about this. It's just a, I don't know why people don't ask me to decide major life decisions for them. Eddie and his wife just totally bungled it. There's no telling what they missed in Australia by deciding to come back early to go to Chicago. It's going to be must-listen to radio on Monday. And he told everybody that he was going to be in Australia for two weeks. He didn't tell us he was coming back to Chicago. Oh, Eddie's not back till Tuesday, Roberto? Yeah. What? Oh yeah. How is it, po- because- How is it possible <laughs> that everyone who works for me has a better life and more vacation time than I do? Like, shouldn't, uh, like, I, shouldn't I be I've, the one wait, negotiating wait, wait, wait. the time off? No, no, no. Off? I've been to your compound. You have a better life than all of yeah. the rest of us. I have a lot of money, but I have no time. I can't just go to Australia. Nobody else on this show is traveling across the world either. Eddie is the one that left, so don't clump us well, in. Well, no, you are clumped in here. Lumped, I think, oh, is be- the word. Because that you want I went use. to a wedding in your you city. You took the day oh, off. Here we go on a again. Monday. Hey, we got an email from Scott I'm, Shapiro. I'm, I'm taking your. Runs- I'm taking your advice, and I'm not. I'm not. I won't be here on on next Friday. So. Yeah, of course, of course. Course you want fox sports radio <laughs> we get an email oh, and they said what did they say you saw this email best month in the history of the radio uh, network yeah. in september what were because of the producers good what job. were yeah. the biggest job, days what were the biggest days uh wednesdays and no, thursdays all monday because everybody wants to come in and talk about football we dominate yep. this network monday is the number biggest one day rated network every you, wednesday you Went to the same wedding as me, which ended at like 6.30 in the afternoon, Jason Martin's mm-hmm. wedding, and couldn't come into work the next day. Me. Yeah, we've been over this before. Yeah, I know. But you just said it's not just – it's just Eddie. It's no. not. This football season, you have already taken off one of the biggest and most listened to days in the history of Fox Sports Radio because you couldn't get turned around and be back at work uh, by a, I was by the being way, I responsible. Also, I knew I was going to be doing market research on Broadway. Yeah, I and also, I, I didn't want to come in at half mass. That's not fair to the you show. You also then I didn't make you come in on Tuesday either. No, I did go in on yeah, Tuesday. Yeah, but like halfway through the show. Well, to be fair, my reasoning for going in at all, per our boss, was to train Dub on some radio software, yeah, uh-huh. and 
mission was accomplished. So there yep. you go. Awfully convenient. Why do you Dub, why are you so nice? Why are you nice off the air, but you're such a jerk on the air, by the way? What's that? Off the air. You're really nice, and you're like, uh, you know, don't you don't have to come in so early. There's no Ubers available. But then on there, you're like, you're a jerk. You didn't even come in. <laughs> I, you I mean, don't because, offer. Don't offer because it's like being in a marriage. Oh boy. You don't offer if you don't mean it. No, no. You should always refuse anything nice that I oh. offer. And make your life miserable to ensure that you're at work. So two times a year, just refuse the nice things. Doesn't you matter offer. what I say. You can be like, "That's a nice gesture," because that's all it is—a uh, gesture. I don't want it to actually be taken. You should say, "No, I'll be there." Dub, when are like? When are you off, all, Dub? Dub, well, you Dub. have like 500 weddings. I think that Dub is lying to me because <laughs> I only time Dub ever texts me is Dub is like, "Hey, I'm sorry, I can't do anything on Friday. I've got another wedding." You already this fall have had 74 weddings to attend, according to the text messages that I get. Well, look, Clay, it is not my fault that people love to drink with me. Okay, I, and, and look, I've got my uh, I've got my Texas friends, you know, from San Antonio. Then I got all the whole another different area of the country. All my Auburn people. Oh, they get married you know, young. I'm, I'm at the age where I mean, I'm 26 now, and uh, you know, half my friends are like me having a good time, and the other half are you know, half of them are pregnant already. With a, a husband or wife. so uh, But don't you worry, Clay. This football season, there's still two very big Auburn football games that I will be attending in the Georgia and Alabama. So don't my, my time is coming with the missed work. So wait, <laughs> the game is on Saturday. That's Our right. show <laughs> is over at 8 a.m. Central on Friday, which is way before almost everybody is leaving. So you are going to miss Friday before the football game, even though we're over at 8 a.m.? Well, look, there, there's so many new establishments in Auburn this that I really need to get... This is unbelievable. I don't miss any days. I, I am except here... Except for yesterday. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah except yeah. for yesterday. I flew to L.A. Oh, this is such a bad argument work. by you a day after you were just off. I flew to L.A. for work. It's literally impossible for me to travel back yeah. from L.A. and be able to do TV yeah. and radio What in the time same was day? the golf tournament over? You had time to sleep and then come in for Thursday's show. It's not. That's actually not true. I was on a 6 a.m. flight uh, out of LAX yesterday. You would have told us to sleep on the plane. I couldn't sleep on the plane. Oh, yeah. You say you have to lay down, huh? No, no, no. Not the sleep on the plane part. The show is from 3 to 6, right? Well, then that's Coast. bad scheduling by you. No, it's impossible for me to be able to do, I mean, I'm not even kidding about this. Unless the company wants to hire me a private jet, which I am a hundred billion percent in favor of, if they want to give me the iHeart uh, jet, the Scotty Pippen the, treatment, uh, yeah, the only way that it's possible, like back in the day when Deion Sanders was uh, was playing baseball and football in the same day, the only way it's possible when I'm on the West Coast for me to do television and radio in the same day, and also travel, is if they get me a private jet. Because otherwise, it's the math on it is impossible, right? Because I have to. the flight took off at 6 a.m. at LAX. So I have to get to LAX, get through security, everything else. So while you guys are doing the show, I'm in a car. Should have flown to Burbank. There's no directs. Uh. So it's impossible. Like, I got picked up. This is ridiculous. We staying at this place, the Ritz Carlton in uh, Laguna Niguel, oh, right? Tough life. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. Poor so you. it's phenomenal. I don't get there until after it's dark, 
after spending all day with advertisers. I get there. I get in bed, I don't know, 10.30 or 11. At 4 a.m., I got a call to get picked up. So I walk out front. I have no idea what the view is. They're like, this is an amazing view. Like it's got, I can't even see. It's pitch black when I get there. It's pitch black when I, black when I leave. I ride in from Orange County, pitch black. Nobody's on the road. Get to the airport at 5 a.m., get through security, land, get on the airplane, fly for four hours, land, immediately come here back in time to do television. I'm not kidding. It's impossible for me to do both. It's literally not possible unless they got me a private jet. And even then, I'm not sure that I'd be able to make it happen. I bet the steak dinner sucked too, huh? Didn't have a steak dinner. The lobster they had a bad. pasta bar and they had a meat carving station. And they didn't tell us that at, they had at both. At the Ritz-Carlton. No, that was at an exclusive uh, golf resort. But oh, I didn't okay. get to play golf because oh. I had to do TV. I got there after everybody else already played golf. Got, every Everybody else on Fox Sports Radio... <laughs> Played golf all day and didn't work uh, on Wednesday, except for me, who got there after doing more hard work. I'm just pointing out here, (laughs) I'm the only person who hasn't missed a day during uh, football season. Except yesterday. That doesn't count. When your boss says, you have to be in L.A., you can't do the show on Thursday because you've got to meet all the advertisers. That's more work than doing the show. It's the truth. Sorry. (laughs) Carrying this entire network on my broad, strong shoulders. Well, we're all screwed then. Without me, this network (laughs) would collapse in minutes. Because I don't think they could find anybody else to do the morning radio show. Try to get Cowherd out of bed at 3 a.m. on the West Coast. Try to get Dan Patrick. Start getting up at 6 a.m. again. The whole network would collapse. I'm not sure they'd even be able to fill these three hours. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Redestine tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their Redestine test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com sports TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. 
Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As we roll in uh, for a big Saturday and Sunday of football action, I, we always do this on the show. We bring in the crew, and everybody gets to draft a game that they are most excited to watch this weekend. And I'll start it off. The game that I'm most excited to watch this weekend is Auburn on the road against LSU. I want to see whether LSU can perfectly set up one versus two in Tuscaloosa whether Joe Burrow against another good defense, he's already passed one test with the Florida Gators, whether LSU at home against Auburn. Auburn has not won in Death Valley since 1999. A couple of years ago, Gus Malzahn went into Death Valley, got up 21-0, and then found a way to lose that lead and lose that game overall. Auburn did not play well on the road against Florida. Is this a team that has a next gear in it? Can they put themselves in the SEC West race, or will they be eliminated on Saturday by LSU? To me, it's the most intriguing game, and I understand some people can say, well, what about Ohio State-Wisconsin? What about Notre Dame-Michigan? No, if I can only watch one college football game, it's Auburn against LSU, and I think it's more impactful than any game that's going to take place over the weekend in the NFL. So I'm drafting Auburn at LSU as my pick. What about you, Danny G? I'm going to go to the NFL, the Browns at the Patriots. Browns coming out rested after their bye week. Back-to-back losses is what they're coming off of. Baker Mayfield has thrown 11 interceptions in the last six games. Cleveland is just desperate for a win. No easy task against this Patriots defense. So I'm interested to see if they're going to play like hungry dogs. Patriots offense is a question mark. And so I think that's interesting to watch how Sanu is going to fit in. Josh Gordon 
is out now on IR, and that seemed to be breaking news to him. I don't know if you tracked that story. Yeah, that was a and they also got rid of Michael Bennett. It almost seems like, and I don't know, uh, I don't claim to understand exactly what the internal dynamics of uh, any team is, but it seems like the Michael Bennett on the defensive side of the ball, they finally just said, hey, we're not going to deal with you anymore, dude. They shipped him off to the Dallas Cowboys, basically letting everybody know they were fed up with him. And I don't know exactly what's going on with this Josh Gordon story because the Patriots seem to need wide receivers pretty badly. Obviously, that's why they've traded for Mohamed Sanu. But why in the world would you then be releasing Josh Gordon at least unless there's some behind-the-scenes drama on the offensive side of the ball too? Yeah, it's crazy because I was reading an article yesterday saying that even if Josh Gordon spends one game on the IR, then he would have to go through waivers. So this could just be a strategical move by the Patriots not wanting him to go to a contender, but that, that kind of sucks if they're just blocking him. I, I don't understand it at all. I mean, if you need wide receivers, why would you be trying to release this guy? This story, to me, needs to be developed a bit more. It almost feels to me like Bill Belichick is saying, hey, we're 7-0. and We don't need to worry about whatever attributes these guys can bring to our team because they're dragging us down in general on the offensive and defensive sides of the ball. We know Michael Bennett had been feuding with with Brett Bielema and uh, the defensive line coaches in general over how many snaps he was getting, and it finally sounds like the Patriots are just fed up with him and said, hey, basically take him, Cowboys. And on top of that, as if there was any real fear at all that Michael Bennett has anything left, I mean, the Cowboys – play against the Patriots in a couple of weeks so Bill Belichick is effectively saying not only are we fine trading you we'll trade you to a team we play against and we're not even worried about you being able to impact us on the other side of the ball either so that's I always think it's strange and and obviously an even bigger indictment of a player when the team trades him and you know you're going to be playing against him it's basically you saying yeah we know you're no good we know you got nothing left so that's what seems to be going on with Michael Bennett. Obviously, you guys know I'm no fan of Michael Bennett. I think he's a lying, deceitful fraud of a human being. And so I love when lying, deceitful frauds of human beings like Michael Bennett get exposed. Uh, all right. Uh, and by the way, that's all connected to the Las Vegas uh, alleged incident that he made up a couple of years ago where he tried to throw the Las Vegas Police Department under the bus for a fake racism allegation that he made that was exposed as totally bogus that most in the media just ignored. Uh, all right, so Dub, what's your number one draft pick? Well, obviously, as the proud Auburn alumni that I am, that's the game I'm most looking forward to. But for the sake of this segment, I'm going to draft another game. But one more thing on that Auburn game. I've been monitoring the weather on my little radar app on my phone all week. There's going to be some significant rainfall in the Louisiana area, Baton Rouge as well. So that is something to keep an eye on, as I've been doing, because I am a degenerate gambler. There are a so, lot of games this week that are. It looks like it's going to be impacted by rain, right? Because I, I bet I'm, I'm like you. I gamble a lot, too. Uh, and, and, and there are, it seems like, a ton uh, of college football games in particular in the southeast that are all going to be impacted by a big weather storm. Yeah, it might be a good week for the underbetters in college football for once. But I'm going to go to the Wisconsin-Ohio State game. I've gone back this week and watched the highlights from Wisconsin's lost Illinois about three times. And every single time I watch, I have no idea how they lost that game. They were seemingly up double-digit scores, or two scores the whole game, and they still lost. And I've been thinking about it all week. And if me, a guy who's not even a Wisconsin fan in any shape or fashion, is thinking about it all week, 
I can't even imagine what it'd be like to be a player or a coach on that team. They're going to Ohio State. I don't know how they get up for this game after such a brutal loss like that. So I'm interested to see how they respond to that. But I'm mostly interested to see because I think Ohio State might make this one ugly like they have all season. I just think 14 and a half or 14 is too many points. I, uh, Yeah, it's interesting because the Wisconsin result was such an aberrant, unpredictable outcome that if you go look at the game, they haven't given up a touchdown of over 25 yards all season through six games, and then they give up three against Illinois, of all people. I feel like they just started looking ahead and weren't focused in that game. And as a result, they got caught looking ahead. And so I think the defense will play well, but it is a game I'm going to be watching too. That's the big noon kickoff game, and that's the game that Joel Klatt will be calling. And Joel Klatt is scheduled to join us next, as he does on Friday, uh, every single week. Um, and by the way, we got to talk about the push-up challenge with Joel Klatt as well. Uh, Ralph Irvin, what game would you go with? I'm going to go with uh, Philadelphia playing at Buffalo on Sunday, 1 o'clock Eastern kick. Yeah. And it's – the Buffalo Bills are five and one. I mean, are they real? Is it is it a fraud? And here here is a case where Philadelphia is three and four, and people think that they're a lot better than they should be. It's almost exact opposite circumstances of two teams meeting, and I, you just want to see what is up with these two teams. Yeah, who uh, who is what? I, I think that's a very valid uh, perspective to want to watch that game and see what exactly shakes out. Uh, what about you, uh, Roberto? Which game would you go with? Well, as a Raiders fan, I got to go with the Raiders versus the Texans. Quick quick points about this game, Clay. The game was flexed from 10 a.m. to 1.25 uh, p.m. Eastern time. Garyon Conley, who was was traded to the Texans after he got burned by Aaron Rodgers last Sunday. So he's going to be playing against the Raiders. The Raiders knew he's so bad that, you know, we don't care that you're going to be playing against you this Sunday because you're so terrible. And this is a potential playoff tiebreaker with, with, the, with the Texans and, and the Raiders. It's very optimistic to say it's a potential playoff tiebreaker. Potential. That is uh, that is Raider fan delusion at a high Why? level. Well, because I think if you look at the uh, at the AFC playoff picture right now, we just said the Bills are five and one. So if you look at their next five games or so, I think there's a very good chance they've got that they're going to get one of the and unless something crazy happens and they start losing to a lot of awful teams the Bills are going to get one of the AFC playoff seeds. And then I would be very surprised if it's not uh, one of the Colts or the Texans as the other AFC playoff team. Have you seen the Raiders' sk- schedule? I don't The Raiders are not going to make the playoffs. Have you seen the schedule? Yeah, I mean, all I have to do is look at it. It doesn't matter what the schedule we is. We have your Titans on, in there. Titans are not going to make the playoffs. They are going to go seven and nine or eight. Yeah, we have your Titans in the, in the schedule. That's why we have Titans. Oh Bengals. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's going to be a game that nobody cares about. Uh, uh, all right. <laughs> Will uh, you change your tune if the Raiders upset the Texans? If the Raiders upset the Texans, they would be four and three. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I would not. Okay. I still, I still don't believe that the Raiders are a threat to make the playoffs. I, I would be very surprised at this point if you told me who were the two, two wild card teams going to be. Uh, the Bills, if they beat the the Eagles, if you look at that schedule, they've almost cemented one of their spots, right? I mean, I, I think the Bills are going to win 10 games based on that schedule. If you go 10-6, and six, uh, which is very feasible, there's no way they're not going to be one of the playoff teams. So I think the Bills are close to locking up one of the wild card spots. I don't think they're very good. I don't think they're going to advance in the playoffs. I don't even think it matters in the AFC because the Patriots are so much better. 
Uh, but I think that will happen. And then I think the other playoff team will be either the Texans or the Colts. Whichever team doesn't win that division will be the other wild card team, much like we saw last year when the Texans hosted the Colts. Back then, Andrew Luck was the quarterback and got whipped pretty soundly. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. All right, we didn't finish the Animal Thunderdome at the end of last hour. So I think we still got a couple of stories left, right? One so let's left. cue the music. This is from India, and I'm sorry to end the Thunderdome on a sad note, but a 40-year-old, not a kid, oh, okay. a 40-year-old woman was mauled to death by two leopards. At two Con- of them? Yes, Konda Village, which is in the Pari District there in India. Her name, Minaska Nadayal, she was unfortunately killed by the leopards when she had gone to the forest with other women to collect feed for their cattle. Villagers said that Minaka had promised her daughter to cook her favorite dish after returning home because it was her daughter's birthday. Yikes. Not a good birthday present. According to eyewitnesses, the two leopards attacked the group of women, and while others were able to escape, Minaka wasn't. Must have been the slowest runner. Oh. This is the fourth incident of leopard death in Pari in the last six months. Wow. Horrible. That's a tough way to go. Double leopard attack on the kid's birthday. Thanks, Danny G. We to lead us into the weekend with good memories, good thoughts. People all over America, just eyes, tears rolling down, trying to wipe them away, trying to start off their day with a reason to live, and you've just torn everybody asunder here with that awful story out of India. By the way, huge percentage of animal attacks seem to happen in India, don't they? Yeah. I know that it's a populous country, you know, the subcontinent there. I mean, it's a massive number of people. India, almost as many people as China. But it doesn't feel like people get killed in China by animals as often as people get killed in India by animals. I never hear about a panda bear killing anybody in China. I asked earlier whether they had that many snakes in China because it doesn't seem like we ever get stories about snakes killing people in China. Right? I mean, compared to other parts of the world, I don't know if it's because of their communist uh, dictatorship and they don't let those news stories out. I don't know exactly what's going on. You also asked a question about the circus. Dub did some research. Yeah, what do you got? Ringling Brothers and Barnum & Bailey closed on May 21st, 2017. Yeah, I knew that was recently. So, like, what circuses are left? I know in Burbank they have, like, a horse show where it's still the big circus top. But they don't travel. To me, a circus is like, hey, you know, you got lions and tigers on a train. And, or, you know, I don't know, they put them in big trucks now. I don't know how they moved. Circus Vargas is in California only. Yeah, right. So, like, a national circus, like, the circus coming to town used to be a huge deal wherever you lived across the country. And I don't think it happens anymore. Yeah, those days are over. Yeah. Except except unless you live in Russia. And by the way, I'm going to tweet out that uh, that brown video. Right. I forgot about the bear that attacked the people. Oh, dude, crazy video. So I will tweet it out at Clay Travis, at Danny G Radio. But the craziest part to me, and this shouldn't surprise anybody because it sounds like something that would happen in Russia, is that you would take your young children and sit feet away from wild animals with no fence enclosure surrounding you. So that if the animal goes rogue, it runs right into the crowd and starts attacking your family. Seems like a really bad parental decision. Or an exciting night. There's no way that would have been allowed to happen in the United States. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. 
every single Friday during the college football season, we finish out the weekend by giving you, or head into the weekend, I should say, by giving you all of the gambling picks that I have already made and that I will make this week. Let's go fast. Let's roll through them. Guess who's back? It's time. A.K.A. Mr. Make It Rain on the move. For Clay Travis to make us rich. I'm rich. Including the legendary, famous, well-known, talk of the town, most celebrated. I'd buy that for a dollar. Blood. Bank. Guaranteed. Ten winners here. You just heard us talking with Joel Klatt about the game he'll be calling in Columbus. I'm going to buy into the Wisconsin Badger defense and think that they play really well against Ohio State. This line's out to 14 or 14 and a half. I like Wisconsin to cover against Ohio State. Mississippi State at Texas A&M. A&M hasn't won an SEC game at home yet this season I think that changes against Mississippi State who is awful on the offensive side of the ball I like the Aggies by double digits Auburn I like Auburn to cover the number against LSU and I like the over in this game Uh, even though we talked about potentially the weather at play here I don't think anybody can stop LSU's offense I'm also not sold on the LSU defense I think Auburn will have some success moving the football I like Auburn as a double-digit underdog to cover, and I like the over. Penn State at Michigan State. Tap the veins, boys and girls. I absolutely love the under in this one up in East Lansing. Three straight really close games here. Penn State coming off a huge win. Defenses are going to dominate. I like the under. Mizzou, I think, blows out Kentucky, who can't score at all. I've got Mizzou with the big win over Kentucky. South Carolina at Tennessee. Will Muschamp has won seven in a row against the Tennessee Volunteers. That comes to a close on Saturday. Tennessee, I believe, wins outright. You can get them plus four and a half right now. I also love the under in this game. And I believe Michigan gets it done, beats Notre Dame. That is my prediction here. Uh, Those are my 10 winners. I also like the under in the Notre Dame-Michigan game. Appreciate all of you. Thank you for hanging out with us. There are 10 big winners for you as we roll into the weekend. Encourage you to download the podcast. We keep rolling up new podcast listeners. Appreciate all of you. Thanks for hanging out with us this week. We'll be back on Monday breaking down NFL Week 8, College Football Week 9. Make sure you don't miss any of that. We'll see whether or not any of the staff bothers to show up. We'll Also, we found out that Eddie is not back yet on Monday as well. So he's actually missing like 16 days uh, to go on his vacation. Half a month. What, what is this? The middle of football season. It's unbelievable. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. 
Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.